This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in to part two of our interview with Nick Horwat of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we discuss a little little bit more about the Penguins, and Andrew from the Short Ship Pod comes on and stirs up the shit. We hope you enjoy it. So is that your biggest question mark there, Jari? One of. I would say so because of the playoff performance he had, and um, for a team like the Penguins, you got to be good in the playoffs. There's no question about it. Right. Um, you know, I didn't want to say it, but I mean, 15 straight years, there's an expectation there all of a sudden. You got to be the goalie that gets us there, and you got to be the goalie that advances us at least to a second round. Like we said before, neither of our teams have been there in a while. That's that's true. Um, so it's it'd be nice to see that again. Though I would like to say that the pain is dulled for the Capitals because in 2018, you know, we won a cup. So yeah, I think the the expectations are different for the Washington franchise because we finally we finally got that first cup, whereas the Penguins have gotten used to winning. So I think mm-hmm. the expectations uh, are like respawned quicker for Pittsburgh than they are for Washington because we're still kind of relieved that we finally got that one. Yeah, and not only that, we're really concentrating on Ovechkin's goal stats. True. I mean, so many tweets during games are like, yeah. Ovi scored, I don't care what happens. <laughs> yeah. And I feel that way. Like, yeah. If if the Caps went 10-72, and 72, but Ovi scored 75 goals, I'll take it. I would too. That's insane. Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, I, I don't think... I don't think that's going to happen by any means. Um, and plus, you have to think last year we had a big head coach shift who didn't even get a camp, had no time to put his system in. But I thought that the systematic changes that Laviolette put in were awesome. Um, a lot of like accountability on the players, things like that. You know, shutting the shit down with Kuznetsov and, and Samsonov and, and everything else with COVID. Uh, but. As far as like Lavi going out and, and putting his defensive system in, and, and it's good, it could be a double edged sword, right? Because Lavi wants shots, he thrives on that, whereas Trotz was more about setting up the play and getting good shots on that. Laviolette is, is 100% fine from having shots come in from the point and figuring it out later, as long as the puck's in deep. It's, you know, it's pretty, it's kind of typical. Northeast hockey style. As far as just, deep. yeah, pucks in deep, bang some bodies, you know, which fits with the Caps. I don't think the Penguins can play that style, right? I mean, they're not a dump and chase team. Yeah, not anymore. Can we play that style? If the team that had like Matt Cook on it, um, Eric, Eric Goddard, those kind of that team, like 2011, 12, that team could have done that. And I think right. did do a pretty pretty well I was I, just, I would have to remember but you know when we won the cup in 09 it wasn't um, you know as high flying or 
focus on depth scoring as it was now. It really was a team that had its topped couple of lines. Stahl, Kennedy, and Cook on the third could score, but they were also defensively minded in that a fourth line that was, you know, bang and crash guys. Right. Filtered in and out. I don't even, I don't even think I could tell you who was on that fourth line right now. I can't. Um, Craig Adams. I mean, this is just because he was the center. That's Gary Roberts. He was 2000. He was like the year before. Oh, yes. he was there when they yeah. lost the cup, right? Yeah, the good yeah, years. I yeah. I firmly believe that the team that lost wasn't better, but had more iconic names for the team. Yeah. I think. Yeah, like, like that was team that had Ryan Malone, Colby Armstrong, Marion Hosa was there that year. Or no, we traded Colby then. But it had Hosa, Ryan Malone. Like that was a team. Ryan, Ryan Whitney. Whitney. Yeah. yeah. You know, I feel so bad for Malone. You know, growing up in Wheeling. Um, we played our hockey in the Pittsburgh League. Yep. And so I got to see his retired jersey in the rafters at Up Castle at USC, Shannon. yeah. And, um, you know, just sucked to see. Like, obviously, I was okay that the Penguins lost. But it just sucked to see that a hometown kid had a chance to win a cup for his hometown team. He lost. And then they win the next year. Yeah, it- that would have been one of the coolest stories of that year, aside from, you know, all the other stories that came out of it. But that would have been up there for sure. I yeah. think uh, he was also playing that year. I remember hearing something, Sid, like Crosby was talking about this, that he, at least Ryan Malone and I think someone else, were playing that year, that 2008 season, like it was going to be the last because things just felt like this was it for him there. Either it was a contract year or there was just trade talks nonstop, one or the other. Um, but it was a feeling of we got to try and do something for Malone here because it's most likely going to be his last year, and it ended up being his last year in there. So um, it hurts, and I think that would have been the coolest story. And like I said, that 2018 just had bigger, uh, more notable names Yeah, rather than Max Talbot. Max Talbot was there, but Max Talbot being the king that he was in 2009. Yeah. And literally the only reason that you won a cup, along with the NHL officiating. <laughs> so. Well, so. And Chris Osgood being three feet to the to the right <laughs> out of position. <laughs> you, you know, you talked about depth scoring and such. Do you think, um, and you, you talked about Crosby and Malky being out, do you think um, if they're out for an extended amount of time, that Gensel and Rust can carry this team? I don't know if they can carry the team. I know without Crosby and Malkin, um, Gensel out of nowhere becomes probably the best player on the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure, Latang's there, but just, you know, Gensel is younger, probably a little bit faster, and has more scoring ability. Yeah. So it comes down to Rust also continuing his consistency because that's always been an issue through his career, is just staying hot when it matters and consistently scoring. So if those two are able to, you know, live up to what they're supposed to be, absolutely they can carry this team somewhere. I don't know how far because our center depth is important in this league. I think the Oilers have shown that for years. You need some sort of center depth. Starting your season with Jeff Carter at the age of 37 as the one and Teddy Bluger as the two, (sighs) that's not good. Maybe Brian Boyle proves that he's something and – it's the fourth line center. I think. I think regardless of what happens in training camp, as long as he can skate, we should sign him. Because I mean, we just need depth center right now, and he's a perfect slot. But 
Right. There's a ton of question marks on the second and or uh, the third and fourth line centers to start the year. I mean, do you have anybody in the in the pipeline that can go one two or two three? Not really. I mean, no one's NHL ready. I think, like I said, Brian Boyle. If he he's just on a PTO right now. If he's able to. Oh, you'll sign uh, Boyle. You'll, you, I mean, we to your have point, to at this point. You have to. I mean, you're 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 going to sign Boyle to something. Um, maybe it's a two way, whatever it may be. But he'll play for the Penguins yeah. next year. Um, and you know, I think that it's it's an advantage. I mean, the Caps have shown it year over year. It's an advantage to you know basically tap these guys who are. I don't know. Well, I guess you could say at the twilight of their career and have something to prove. If they can play uh, with a chip on their shoulder, it's incredibly valuable. Yeah. And I think, for what it's worth, I mean, yeah, Brian Boy is old and not never has been a real point scorer, but he's played 800 career games in the NHL. That stands for something, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, some of the... Some of the best can't even say they played 800 games, and um, he would be a veteran presence to start the season. Yeah, you know, yeah, we have veterans, but um, he'd kind of be a new face of I'm here to I'm here because I earned it. Because he came in on a PTO, sure Crosby and Malkin are out. We needed a spot, but if he took it, he he didn't play at all last year. He wasn't even in the minors last year, so. If he earns a spot here, that means he still has something in the tank because if a, if a guy comes in after a year off you're on a PTO, your first assumption is he's not going to make it Yeah, because he took a year off. Who knows what the hell he looks like anymore? Right. So if in training camp he's able to prove that he can, he still has NHL foot speed um, and can keep up, that's not, there's something to be said that he definitely earned that spot. Yeah, no doubt. Um, well, real quick, I do have something else to add. You know, uh, week t- week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review and uh, review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a $1 uh Place a bet of one dollar on any week one game in or week week th- four game, dude. This script has me killed. Uh, to receive one hundred and fifty dollars in in free bets instantly. If sportsbook is not yet available in your area in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes in their first deposit. Op- Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, one 800 9 with it. Boom. There it is. So, here's the thing, Horwat. I do have to ask, what is, uh, I mean, 
when Ovi breaks the record, do you think Crosby will get the first invite to the party? Um, <laughs> I would, I would maybe second behind Backstrom because some, yeah. the, the assist man's got to go first. Yeah, right. Apple, the the Apple man for sure. You know, I, I and and okay. Looking forward though, all all jokes aside. I think that everybody can agree that both the Caps and the Penguins are incredibly aged at this point. I mean, we're, we as teams are in the twilight of our career or of our, of our standing. You know, we have this hot new guy, McMichael, who is supposed to be somebody. Uh, speaking of which, he's gained some weight. He's up to like the 188, 189. He looks like, uh, more of a man, if you will, uh, playing the man's game. You know, he was really like, he, you know, he had a lot of acne and was really just scrawny when he came in to play with play for us that one game and looked a little bit out of place. But I hope that he's going to be something. So let's call him like a third line center, uh, you know, within the next few years. And it you sound like you the Penguins have really sold the farm. Yep, absolutely. In, in a few years, um, are, are you looking at a? I mean, sorry, are you looking at a? Are you looking at a situation where the Penguins were of of yesteryear when, like, every you know, how before they got Crosby eight times? It's just hard. I, our prospect system is not good right now, I think. And the Caps isn't easier, either. I can't I can't say that the Caps is good. It's definitely – I mean, every, every, like, prospect pool ranking I've ever seen has had the Penguins – at dead last, if not one up from dead last. So at least the Capitals got something there. I just think the fact that the Penguins haven't had a first-round pick, um, had a, haven't had a consistent first-round selection in the past however many years since Crosby got here, I think that hurt us in the longer run. I mean, sure, yeah, a couple of cups came, with, came as a side effect of it, and that's not bad, but still now we – are a team that wants to we're a team and a fan base that is hungry to continue winning and continue success so not having you know the prospect pool to build a future on hurts um, but now I think it's up to Hextall thankfully we have a new GM who's going to be focused on building a prospect pool I think we have guys to look forward to like uh, Sam Poulin Nathan Legare and Hollander, who we just got back from Toronto, who said today after his um, after the first day of prospect camp, he said, "I'm here to get a spot in the NHL." The ball sack for saying that is incredible. Yeah. So I and I plan on going up and catching a couple of days, so I'll be keeping my eye on him um, through prospect camp to see what he if he can really crack it because it's just coming in your first day saying that that's more than. <laughs> Uh, a lot of guys in our prospect system can say right now, and he's got a chance at it. He's older, he's been around, and um, this is his opportunity. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree that, you know, there are needles in the haystack that you could find. Mm-hmm. But, and I mean, Polly, what do you think? I mean, I don't, I don't see anyone for the Caps coming in in the next few years. I mean, how many years... Do you think the Penguins, Polly, are, are going to take to, to snap that playoff streak? Um, I think I'd, I'd bet on them to make the playoffs for the next three. Whoa. After three, 
I think it's going to start getting iffy. What What about the Caps? Probably the same, huh? Yeah, maybe two, maybe three. Wow. Yeah. I what think. A, how long did Ovechkin sign for again? Five. I mean, I think both teams are getting old, but I just oh, think yeah. the Caps are a little older. Oh, we're definitely older, but I think that our age, like the young prospects that we've picked up, are a little bit younger and, and they're better than what the, I mean. You have Gunsel and Rust. That's about it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, look, I I want the the Penguins playoff streak to end like today. So. <laughs> Yeah, right. Now. That's that's where I'm. That's where I'm heading. But I mean, honestly, we we've got uh, a few years to go. But uh, you know what? Let me add to the stream real quick. Uh, <laughs> a good friend of the podcast, Andrew from the Shore Shift Pod. Uh, what up, is guys? up, my guy? Not much. How are you? Hey, Nick. Good to see. Actually. I don't think I got to interview you the first time you were on our podcast. I think it was just Thomas, and that was maybe like a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. <clears throat> all right, so, so what are you guys talking about? Well, we're all ganging up on the Penguins, as of usual. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we're talking about how old our teams are. And, you know, uh, Andrew, we didn't get to do a post-mortem, basically, on our on our whole thing with uh, mm-hmm. with the Caps series and whatnot and how that went, the Caps Bruin series of, of last year. So we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. And in Horwood, I'm sure we'll be able to laugh and laugh and laugh. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I told you, when we were, if, if we were healthy, I had no fear of the Bruins. We were not healthy, and everyone was broken. And... I don't know. I mean, that's my excuse. Tell us what you did right. Well, tell us what the Bruins did right, which has seemed to be everything. Um, not have Craig Anderson as the backup. <laughs> Craig Anderson was not the problem. I've You're been, touching a nerve with Polly right I've now. I've been a Craig Anderson fan <laughs> since the day of the PTO. I think he, I think he did well and didn't well, cost us anything. Let me put it this way, Polly. On the podcast a couple of weeks ago, we did beer bets, <laughs> and we're going to cash them in at the end of the season and get righteously blitzed on, we agreed the drink is going to be old fashions. Oh, classy. I we're, predicted, a beer, we're a beer podcast here. I predicted that the Buffalo Sabres would lose, not lose, sorry, would, I, I just came home from a 10-hour shift, I'm a little zooted, but, you know, improv, <laughs> um... I predicted that the Buffalo Sabres would lose, would win under 15 games. Craig Anderson is a huge reason for that. <laughs> wow. Wow. See, I think... Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell is your goalie tandem. Craig Anderson, I don't think, can carry a team anymore. But I think, given when he had to perform, what he still had left in the tank, he wasn't really a drop-off from what the Caps had. I, the performance that he put on, I think he, he performed above above himself. Horwat, from I, the outside looking in, though, like, what do you, what I did honestly you believe, I mean, talking seriously, I mean, right. you know, Craig Anderson, ha-ha, we all had a good laugh. You know, you're not going to win a playoff series when you use three goaltenders. I do believe that if Vitek 
was in was in for the duration of the series, you guys probably would have pushed it. But I really don't think you would have won it because you were shut down. Like your offense was shut down. You were, you know, St. Wilson wasn't much of a factor at all. Um, Zidane Chara being on your back end did not do you any favors. Um, you showed every bit of your age. The Caps showed every bit of their age. And I'll agree with that. I could agree with that. But, but you know, like, everyone had surgery in the offseason. Backstrom was not 100%. Ovi was not 100%. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're all speculating. But, I mean, Horwath, did you catch any of these games last season? I can remember the first game Craig Anderson went in for. I, yeah. I think at that, that was the, Yeah, the one Jake to where Jake DeBrusque. Jake DeBrusque murdered his groin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I had, like, just recently moved moved in here at this point and mm-hmm. was had that game pulled up on Peacock and was trying to figure out why how Craig Anderson was in because um, I didn't remember him signing with the Capitals in any way. <laughs> um, but then there he was. And... Well, that wasn't the plan. No, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't not at all. I believe, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Trollin, Yeah. but I believe what happened was the chain of events was Cap signed Lundqvist. Lundqvist has the heart issue. Yeah. Lundqvist retires. McClellan goes, uh, you. Signs yeah. Anderson to a PTO, and that's basically how it happened. Basically. Oh, and Samsonov gets COVID again. Yeah, so what happened was, like, in the beginning of the season, he was relegated to taxi squad duty exclusively. Craig Anderson was. And this was after a PTO based upon... Uh, Lundquist having the heart condition. I mean, this is high drama, honestly. And then <laughs> at the same time, we get into the playoffs, and it's like, holy shit, the goalie tandem looks great. Vitek is putting in a uh, you know a Calder performance. Samsonov is back. Please, please it, forgive the sirens. <laughs> no, you're okay. You're okay. Samsonov is you know he's been he's been playing well after his first COVID. Uh, suspension or whatever, and then when come playoffs, they missed like a Kuzi and him missed a team meeting, and then it became a COVID thing, and it was drawn out like weeks before the playoffs started. And now we're basically okay. V the starter, Craig Anderson's a backup. Like ten minutes into the first period, <laughs> V destroys his groin, and now the next thing that I'm fucking sitting here like this, palms up to the sky. Uh, Okay, now Craig Anderson's gonna play most of the series, and then uh, I think I will Sam, say in game one, ended up Craig coming Anderson back. Was very good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Craig Craig came in. They won that game. He mm-hmm. started, I think, the next, and they mm-hmm. lost. And then yep. Samsonov had the next three. Yeah, and yep. in which we lost all of them yeah. after. But look, Andrew, mm. the I mean. Two of those games were just fucking bl- absolute blunders by the Washington Capitals. I mean, just, just you know, just ch- ch- taking that's the gun that's, and that's, just that's, like... That Smith goal in double overtime. Unbelievable. Where's my defenseman? He's not there. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And why would you play it there anyways? I mean, that was, a, that was a leave it situation. I don't know. I mean, we had Carl Alsner on to talk about that exclusively. And he was like, yeah, it was just like a ridiculous breakdown in the worst amount of worst time ever. But, you know, um, 
I, I do want to I want to keep the penguins back relevant in this whole shit show that we're that we're going in. And I mean, you know, Andrew, how does it feel now that your team is going to play in this bum division, the Atlantic, and you're away from the hellscape that is the Metropolitan? First of all, <laughs> I'm going to miss beating up on the New Jersey Devils. Just kidding. <laughs> we, uh, no, we actually very, very famously had a losing record against the New Jersey Devils last year. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. Uh, I am certainly looking forward to being in the same division as the Toronto Maple Leafs again, because you two both know, you two know the hate I have in my heart, my cold, dead heart for the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Don't get them started. Yeah. You love them. Nope. They're great. Austin Matthews is the, is the second Gretzky. He's going to shatter, <laughs> but it will eventually be the, uh, the Ovechkin record. Oh, those were beautiful facial expressions. <laughs> I'm I'm choosing to ignore Hockey Trollin's existence right now. <laughs> and I will <laughs> and I will say I will say that I liked I liked the setup that we had last year. Um, being in the being basically being in the Metropolitan, basically. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that's a better setup. I think that's a better long term setup. Um, do I want to play them eight times again? No. Right. But um, I did enjoy that. I did really enjoy the division. Um, I thought that I thought it was pretty pretty competitive. But the Atlantic, bum ass Atlantic. Um, I don't think it's going to be a five team. I don't think it's going to be five teams in the Atlantic. The, the, the Atlantic is very top heavy, and then after Team Four, maybe actually during Team Four, the, it's very precipitous. You have Tampa Bay. You have Tampa Bay, you have Toronto, you have Boston. Then who's the fourth? I don't know. I can't say it. Florida? Horwat, you got anybody there? Well, Florida, yeah, Florida. I, can't, Florida. I, can't, I picked Florida to win the Atlantic on my own pod, and I just forgot they were in my division. <laughs> That's how fucking forgettable the Panthers are. Yeah. I should say, okay, so I should say after the fourth team, it's a very precipitous drop-off. I mean, can you imagine, after those four teams... Can you guys think of any other team that's going to challenge for that fourth spot? And if you say the Canadians, if any of you say the Canadians, I'm well, going to come over there and just smack, smack some bitches up. They just I go thought to the of finals. the Senators before the Canadians just because they're supposed my to man, be... My man, my man. Yeah, they're supposed to be a really young, fun team to watch. Not a winning team by any stretch of the word yet. Yeah. But they're just... going to be young. They're going to be fun. They're going to give up a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what is it? Those two, Buffalo and Detroit. Oh, Detroit. I forgot about Detroit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think so Detroit, Detroit who's made a Detroit. lot of moves. They've made they've got they've got old Jake the Snake Verana in there. Yeah, I think Andrew's right. The there's a very clear cutoff between the top and yeah. bottom four. Montreal's not making the playoffs again. Ottawa Whoa. is very exciting but still a year away. Yeah. Detroit is is balls deep in the Iserman Iser plan. Buffalo is run by a man who, before he was the general manager of the Buffalo Sabers, ran a boutique rink down the street from the First Bank Arena. And you guys can look that up. That's what Kevin Kevin Adams did before he was hired as general manager. A lot of figure skating going on. That's correct. Yes. Very very. That's why, Jeff, that's why Jeff Skinner got nine million. 
<laughs> now it makes sense. Yes. <laughs> and then, he was and only then looking my, at his skating. Speaking of Buffalo, speaking of Buffalo, I have to tell you guys what my favorite moment of the offseason was. And it involved the Buffalo Sabres. So Kevin Adams comes out during this whole Eichel. You guys probably know where I'm going with this. But Kevin Adams comes out during this whole Eichel kerfuffle and says, we are in control of the situation. And not more than two hours later, Eichel's agents come out and say, you're out of control of dick, dude. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, Kevin Adams tries to be a big man in the media and says, I'm the man. I know what's going on here. And then gets shot down in the same day. <laughs> it just <laughs> shows how later. fucking feckless. It just shows how feckless Buffalo is, just as an organization. <laughs> and... I, we, at least once a week, we get in digs on Buffalo, but at the end of it, it's like, we're like, we love you. It's like we're beating the shit out of, out of them and then just saying, why do you make me do continue to do this? <laughs> like the abusive bro- boyfriend. It hurts me yeah. more than it hurts you. Yeah. Right. Oh, I man. love you. Stop making me do this. Stop making me do this. <laughs> But because Buffalo fans deserve better. I mean, they do. They That's do. True. It's, a, it, it's a it's a rabid sports market. But what the fuck is P- the Pagulas doing? You know, you got Terry Pagula, who is what happens when a fanboy gets two billion dollars and is given a team. You have his wife, who is VP of hockey operations and doesn't know dick about hockey. You have them hiring glad-handing yes men who run boutique rinks in the offseason. Like, what are we doing? We give Jeff Skinner $9 million, and what does he do? All right, I got my money. Fuck off. You have Jack Eichel saying, I would like to get the surgery that would really help my neck, and Buffalo saying, no, don't. Like, what is this? Horwath, <laughs> <laughs> Horwath, Horwath, what would, what would happen if Sidney Cross was like, I needed, like, wrist surgery, and I need, like, this type of wrist surgery, but, uh, but the team said no. What kind of backlash would the Enzers have? That's a really good question. I see. It's just so hard to tell because I've also like grown up in this city where we have multiple high class, high quality um, medic like medical fields and medical companies. It's true. It's true. That it just kind of wouldn't happen. Yeah. Like, you could just go to the other and get it. But I think I can give you one other reason why it wouldn't happen. Go ahead. Because Ron Hextall wouldn't wouldn't try to fucking complicate shit. He would just be like, "Yeah, okay, go for it, cool." Um, but let, yeah, let us know your progress. Yeah, like <laughs> let's say it's Rutherford still in charge, and he was saying no because maybe he was a little stingy. I think Sid would be the kind of guy that would just go out and do it anyway, just because he's a little more determined and getting onto the ice. And Sid's got more pull. Sid's got more pull than Jack Eichel does. Yeah. Oh, he'd got... pay for it out of pocket like the martyr that Sidney Crosby is. Jesus Christ! <laughs> you know what? I just I can't fucking. And you know, it's just it's fucking Pittsburgh. It's just like you assholes in fucking Boston, Andrew. Excuse like, you, me. You what the fucking... fuck is going on here? I have you... nothing to do with that. No, no. You guys are like one of the same ilk. It seems it's just like yeah, oh, our sports stars are just so high and worthy you know I mean this happened to P- Patrice Bergeron I mean what I mean and it, yes of course Bergeron would pay to pay this for like you know hundred thousand uh, dollar surgery out of his pocket for the and then he would the ma- and then he would match how much the surgery costs in the donation to the Boston <laughs> Bruins Foundation <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he'd be, and then he'd be doing, he'd be doing, you know, him and Crosby to to the pers- to the respective uh, uh, hospitals would be going and doing the the whole tour, signing things, you know, for all the sick kids, right? And then no, it's because Patrice the Bergeron is perfect, <laughs> right? Anyway. I, but but yeah no Nick like like if if this happened to Sidney Crosby Sidney Crosby would and would have the pulse would have the sway to be like no okay I'm just gonna I'm gonna go behind you yeah and get this done and another person that has more pull and sway than just Ron Hextall or Crosby that would be doing this Mario Lemieux the owner who would just step in and say uh, our star player is gonna get this done I've been through this shit. Um, By the way, Ron, you're yeah. If you got any pullback, I'm I've been through this shit. He's getting this done. By the way, Ron, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, or like I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Hextall and Lemieux had some on ice feuds at some point. I'm sure Lemieux oh, yeah. would say, "I've been better than you my whole career on the ice and now off. <laughs> Let's not have this fight." Uh, Let's our not have star this is going to. I love this. I love that. <laughs> this is <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> This is amazing. Thankfully, yeah, none kinda, of that's happened. Right. Yeah, kind of switching gears a little bit. I'm I'm curious about Pittsburgh because, um, you know, it was us. It was us that ran Jeremy Rutherford out the door, if you remember. Jim, it was, yes. Yeah, it Jim, was the Jim. uh Jimmy Rutherford. I'm sorry. Jeremy Rutherford is a beat writer. <laughs> For St. Louis, I believe, but yes. Yes, that's correct. So, it, it, for, for, for those who don't remember... Um, it was an overtime game, Bruins-Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. It was a 3-on-0. And it was Malkin, Getzel, and Rust. Uh, and they were 3-on-0 on Tuka Rask. They didn't get a shot off. I remember this. Bruins <laughs> yeah. went down the other ice and scored. Yeah. He quit. He, he, he quit after that. He at, Not 24 hours after that, Rutherford was like, I'm out of here. And, and okay, and and Andrew's going to take the whole fan base's credit for this right now. So I mean, what's your what's your retort there, or what? Uh, I can't. Just the fact that we actually don't know why he left, I can't totally disagree with that. <laughs> because Rutherford has never came out. No one has been able to get a real answer out of him. And... I remember what he said right after it happened. He, he talked to the athletic and was like, "You guys will find out soon." <laughs> Crickets. Yeah, <laughs> and there was like some rumors that maybe he was looking for like during this past offseason that he was looking for another job already. There was some weird behind the scenes bullshit that nobody knows except for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, I think the common consensus among Pittsburgh reporters, at least, is that he straight up quit. Yeah. And hey, you know what? If it was that play in Boston. I think I'd rather have Hextall over him these days now to build a future for us. So, well, okay, that's my next question. Um, what do you think of the job Hextall's done in the last eight months? By the way, this is Andrew's podcast now. I mean, yeah. Caps fans yeah. enjoy that. <laughs> um, so far, so good. I think he hasn't had much to work with because he came in and had a barren prospect pool, and that's kind of half of what he has to do here. It's keep a winning team on the ice for the current and then build something decent for the future. Um, and through one draft, not bad, I think. Again, you can't do much when you don't have a first, third, or fourth round pick. 
Jesus Christ. We had, we had a, we had <laughs> I love a second. This. I love this right now. I'm just I'm just sitting here drinking a beer. Yeah. I think it was a I think we only had a second. We had we had a second something and three sevenths. That's all we had. Three sevenths. Yeah. And hey, look, and I'll only trade those for a sixth. Yeah. I think that I think that Hextall's coup de gras. This is Hextall's coup de gras. He's after this stint X amount of years with Pittsburgh. He's going to walk off into the sunset and retire, and you know, be a millionaire somewhere. Um, I think that this is his final fuck you. To Pittsburgh, he's going to ruin the team, uh, drive them into the ground like an inside villain, like a mole, you know, doing what the whole league would love him to do anyways, and basically strip uh, everything except maybe Sidney Crosby, Latang, and Malkin from that team, and then look at the Yenzers and say, okay, now you have your, your star children here, <laughs> enjoy that without a supporting cast. Um but obviously, you know, these are just things in my my fantasy world. I would say there was a lot of a f- lot of flyers Twitter that was about that sort of concept you came up with, which I think <laughs> Let's is call very it a conspiracy funny. theory. Let's call it what conspiracy. it is. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of flyers Twitter came up with that conspiracy, and I would kind of see it, except for the fact that Hextall and the Hextall and Flyers relationship ended on very bad terms. It did. So I think this might. I think this is also part of Hextall's revenge tour against the Ooh. Flyers. I mean, think of it. He joins the Penguins, joins the rival, and then immediately takes a defenseman they placed on waivers. It's who, true. It's true. Granted, has been injured like the majority of the time, but did get multiple points against the Flyers. So, Mark Friedman, it's up to you to really be the the opening act to this revenge tour, man. <laughs> <laughs> have at the have at the. What a weird, what a weird uh, person to tap for that one. Right. <laughs> I, if, right. You know what? If the, if we manage to get someone else on the Flyers, it'd be even better. <laughs> okay, hey, we're running out of time, and Andrew, thanks for coming on. Obviously, you know, love talking to you. We gotta get, we gotta get you on fully. The whole, the whole crew, Thomas and you. I've been trying to do a fucking post mortem to put our put our playoff woes of last year to bed. Getting, which, uh, get, get, getting. Trying to work out that it. time. Every get working out the time to record the pod every week is like okay. We can do this, 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 and this. We have a thirty-minute window. What can you do with this? <laughs> so, but so, but I, and we also have a third. We have, we also have a third now. Oh. Um yes, yes. Uh, his name his name is Ian Bonner. He is um, actually low quality Bruins fan on Twitter um, and YouTube. You can probably think of him as Bruins Steve Dangle with long hair. Okay. And we found out in the last pod that he's a crazy person. So that's great. Your that's great. Hey, awesome. <laughs> but the the last and the last thing I just want to cover real quick. Mm-hmm. Patrice Bergeron, who's better? Mm-hmm. Who's who's more impactful? Patrice Bergeron mm-hmm. or Sidney Crosby? Are you asking everyone here? No, I'm asking no. Nick and Andrew. And Polly's just over here. Like I want to go home. <laughs> he looks like he's um, over there playing like solitaire. Or yeah, because here's the, thing, here's the thing. Patrice Bergeron and, and, and Sidney Crosby have always been compared. But I mean, I think that they're the most logical comparison in our in our era. Mm-hmm. So, so you too. I'd love to see you. Just so, 
You're just um, it's just, you know this is like the Joker. This is tryouts. <laughs> Snapping a pull stick and, and giving it to you. So no, no, I'll again, I'll, I'll answer it seriously. Um, I'll say Crosby, but wow. out with a couple of caveats here. Okay. Um, I think in terms of importance to their region. I think Bergeron is more important to the city of Boston than Crosby is to Pittsburgh. That's a cultural hit. Yeah. I think Crosby is probably... Crosby will go down as the better player. I don't think there's any real doubt about that. Patrice Bergeron has never had a season of more than 80 points, which is... blows my mind. Right. Yeah. Um, But Patrice Bergeron is also the greatest two-way forward to... In of the modern era, I will say he is what Sidney Crosby is touted at as by all hockey analysts. Right, that is correct. But Crosby is much is a better offensive talent. Is a better generational offensive talent. Bergeron is is the like the heart and soul of Boston. If you took Crosby out of Pittsburgh, they'd still have Malkin. They'd still have Gensel. They would still, you know, they would still have a, have generational. Like, they would still have superstars and the generational talent. You took Bergeron out of Boston, it would be completely different because you could not think of Boston without Patrice Bergeron. So, if you're talking who is more important to the game of ho- hockey as a whole or a better player, I would say Sidney Crosby. If you're talking about who is more important to where they play. And their status within where they play, I would say it's Bergeron. And so basically you're saying that Bergeron is, is like hashtag leadership, hashtag defensive center, that everybody thinks Sidney Crosby is, with minus all the scoring. Okay. That's Horror- oh, wait, wait uh, one more question, Trollin. Do you think Sidney Crosby would ever play Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Finals with a punctured lung and a broken rib? No, he'd be dead. Um, but, okay, anyways, Horwat. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the difference between Crosby and Bergeron. <laughs> to be fair, Crosby did like miss the back half of the 2009 Game Seven Final because his leg was busted. So I can see where you're coming from there. He straight up didn't play a lot of those shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for the rebuttal, I I like I, I'm not from Boston. I've never been to Boston, so I like don't know the um the kind of vibe Bergeron gets around town for being the player he is. I think. Um, uh, what I'll rebuttal with for that, for meaning to the city, is something that Troll's going to call a conspiracy theory because it's the fact that the Penguins were really on the brink of moving out of Pittsburgh entirely before they got the number one overall pick in 2005. Um, Y'all would be in Kansas City if it wasn't be in for Kansas Kansas City, yeah. Uh-huh. I think in our uh, 15th anniversary documentary, it's talked about for a minute that they were really, really close. Um to going there, and actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think Crosby was even on the team, and that was still a conversation being had. Mm-hmm. It depended mm-hmm. on a new arena. So, but the right. fact that Crosby was here, um, it didn't hurt. I mean, things would have ended a lot sooner had he not been. So, there's Trolls conspiracy for what Crosby means to the city here. Um, everywhere you look, and everywhere, you, every, <laughs> anyone you talk about, Crosby's off ice persona is always talked about as being. You know, one of the best ever. Just he'll talk to anyone. He'll speak with anyone. This is just off ice stuff. I think. I think we're both all in agreement that between the two, Crosby's the better player on the ice. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I, that, I think that's completely fair. Yeah, I think the I numbers think back that fair. up. I will say that. Yeah. I'll give you yeah. that for sure. what. Sure. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Like Crosby's been trying to, you know, pull his weight, pull his weight a little more defensively in recent years. But I mean, however many Selkie awards and nominations speaks for itself. Bergeron should have seven. Yeah. I mean, so, it's, it's nutty. Yeah. Um, so I think the bigger conversation here really does break down to off ice stuff, and I think. Um, like I said, we both just kind of come from a local perspective here. We don't know the other one. I mean, I've never been to Boston. I don't know. Right, and that's place. that's why I posed the question. So it's it's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I don't know the history of Bergeron and Boston. I think it was good to learn some of it from you here. But um, my yeah. final answer is still going to be Crosby overall just because, um, A, homerism, B, better <laughs> on-ice talent, and C, just the stuff I've heard of his on-ice stuff is um, – it's incredible stuff. I think, you know, one of my favorite stories I always like to talk about and retell is, I think it was the 17 Cup. He was in Montreal taking so it to like a veterans hospital. Um, everyone was down except for someone, like an old veteran who I think was blind. I don't remember the exact story. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, he was asking, hey, we're missing someone here. So he, he asked where he is. He was still in his room. He brings the cup up to his room, you know, and says, who was your favorite player? Maurice Richard and he like takes his hand and pushes his hand over Maurice Richard's name on the cup and I just think it's those little things that Crosby does off the ice that uh, make him memorable but I mean I don't know much about Bergeron's off ice stuff but hey there's great comparisons to be made I think we each have our answer though that's a really good fucking story yeah that's sick I didn't know yeah. about that I didn't know that's yeah, pretty and cool I wish I was a little more sober and could rehash the story in a little more detail and a little better but uh <laughs> That's, did what I, I could. That's, that's super cool. That is super cool, though. Yeah, yeah especially for somebody that. in Montreal, like a, a, a Canadians fan, just to like yeah. feel that. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And now, and and now, Hockey Trollin's opinion of Sydney has gone up point oh 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 one percent. Yes, that's true. It's <laughs> very true. Subtract it tomorrow when he walks through the Pittsburgh airport and sees the Franco Harris statue. Yeah, that's not going to be fun. <laughs> that's not going to be fun at all. But, uh, <laughs> boys, hey, um, we do have to cut it off here. We've got two Epis here. Andrew, you're going to be on the Thursday Epi on, oh, man, we're, we're going in real October far. October 1st? Uh, no, no, that'll be, uh, 30th. yeah, the 30th, the last, last month of the year, of the, uh, September, <laughs> or last, what am I doing? Last day of September, and, uh. It's 1130, you know, it's fine. Yeah, and I'm. <laughs> I'm this many beers deep. This many. I don't know. That's ah, six, I, yeah. eight. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? You know, we're not counting here. We don't count. We don't think about numbers. I just finished two straight ten-hour shifts putting together kitchens. <laughs> I I wish I was drunk. <laughs> Good for you, man. Good for you. Um, I wish I was drunk. <laughs> well, hey, boys. Well, and then thanks for coming on at like such late notice. But uh, we'll absolutely. Sure, I saw have you guys. I saw you guys recording. I was like, oh, I gotta jump in on this while I can. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to do it uh, again for sure, and do like a little bit more of a formal kind of podcast as we normally do, or it'll just be a shit show like it normally is. I don't know. I, who knows what what's going to happen? We but. definitely, we definitely want you on this season because um, we're gonna we're gonna do the guest spots again this year. Oh, we're it. sorting out we're sorting out who we're gonna put on this year. We we wanna we wanna try to get all thirty two teams on. Um, wow. So in, including including um, we're gonna we're gonna try to have an Olympic uh, Olympic um, 
international expert on as well during the Olympic break. So Aggressive it's going to be a lot schedule. of fun. So yeah. Stuff. So, oh, yeah, so we, my chair just gave out on me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so oh, that's a good time God. to cut it. But you know what? I want to open it up. Uh, <sighs> tell Horwat. <laughs> let's start with you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, I thought you died. Alright, Horat, Horat. Let's let's start oh with god. you, dude. Um tell us where everyone can find you on social and the podcast and all that. Yeah, trying to follow that up. Um follow me personally, uh, at Nick Horwat forty one on Twitter, follow the podcast at Berlansky does this. I think it's Tip of the Iceberg Pod or Iceberg Pod. Iceberg it's Pod in my so. bio. So if you find me, you'll find the. Just look at my bio. You'll find the. You'll find the podcast Twitter. Um, Absolutely. Two days a week, just like Caps Chirp. Check Caps Chirp. We love having those guys on. They love having us on. And uh, do they though? <laughs> hey, we do. Uh, we do. It's fun stuff. We, we get along. And uh, yeah. Yeah, read my, read my articles for the hockey writers. Look at my tweets. I tweet about music sometimes. I buy records every damn week this, these days. So nice. Yeah, very good. Fun stuff going on on my Twitter. That's where mm-hmm. you can find me, though. Good stuff. All right, Andrew, Andrew, man, go for it. So you can find me on uh, Twitter at just you know why with three Y's at the end, and you can find my the podcast at Short Shift Pod. You can find my co-host uh, Thomas Nystrom at Nostrum. And you can find uh, Ian Bonner, low-quality Bruins fan, a.k.a. at Bruins Low. Um, listen to all our, listen to all our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Maybe I'm drunk. I don't know. Listen to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, I usually just tweet about hockey. Sometimes I also tweet about music and owning trolls. You know, the usual. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to collaborating some more this year with you guys. Absolutely, you're top of the list, no doubt. I mean, we love we love talking to you. So, <clears throat> Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. It's been quite a shit show and hilarious at that. Jesus Christ, Polly, get it together. What a uh, <laughs> Until until next time, hockey show, Polly Cupcakes, Nick Horwat, and Andrew from the Short Shift Podcast, who is repping the Boston Boston Bruins, signing off. Take care, be safe, all that shit. See you later. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>